Next on BYUSN, is it four plus wins in the Big 12 games or bust for BYU this season? And who besides Keaton Slovis is the most valuable player or coach with BYU football this year? Plus the shot doctor, Trevin Nell, gives us a look inside BYU basketball's foreign trip from Croatia. And we'll talk tennis with new BYU men's head coach, Zach Warren. We just interview people from Europe every day now. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, August 24th, that much closer to football, baby. I am Jerem Jordan. He is top button homie, Jason Shepard. Tell me more. Yeah, like despite not having a collar today, uh, yeah, yesterday, uh, the, uh, the BYU football radio crew, which I am a part of, uh, we had our uh, photo shoot yesterday. For those watching on BYU TV, you're, you're seeing it right now. Photoshop. Yeah, it is not. By the way, that picture is so good. It's that so background good. looks it, fake. The lighting is excellent. Jaron Wilkie and BYU Photo do a great job. I mean, that was, we did this yesterday <laughs> afternoon. So you've got Greg Rubel, our new radio analyst, Hans Olsen, Mitchell Juergens on the sideline, and then myself. Oh, and we, we did it, but we did this. If you notice, all top button. I love it. All top. We did. It wasn't for me. It was for. It's a lifestyle. Well, it look, really is. Here's what it really boiled down to. There were two people that had top button. Then there were two that were not. Okay. So we decided we need to be uniform. Whatever we're gonna do. Okay. And we ended up going top button. I appreciate that. And then I said, I you know who's good. really gonna love this? Jerem's gonna love this. Dennis Pitta, <laughs> uh, who did top button with me. By the way, can I just can I just say I appreciate not being cropped out of that photo. I am surprised you made it in, given the history on this well, program. Well, here's what, here's what it boils down to. You out. Our former producer of this show thought yeah. it was hilarious to crop me out of the photo. Yeah. We have a new producer who I have a lot more respect for. <laughs> it's a for. new time and a new era for Jason Shepard's top button <laughs> so. and actually getting in pictures. Moving pictures better than pictures. By the way, it's the first time I'd seen that photo. That actually turned out pretty good. It looks great. Yeah, it turned out pretty good. Again, BYU photo, top notch. Like, listen. Got the, we got a great creamery. We got BYU photo. We got the best mascot. We got the best uh, Olympics. Yeah, Jaron Wilkie and his Let's staff go. there were awesome yesterday. This it was so awesome. much fun. A lot of fun. Okay, all rise and shout. It's time for a top button edition of What's Trending. Rise and shout for beating the Big 12. Big 12, are you ready for BYU? The big countdown to the Big 12 starts. This is one of the greatest days of my life as a BYU fan. Oh, July 1st was awesome, and here we are, August 24th, that much closer to the season. What's Trending, presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. The Big 12 era is almost here, Shep. Nine conference games on tap for the Cougars. So is it four-plus wins in Big 12 games? There are nine, remember. Yes. Or bust for BYU football this year. Uh, first of all, I cannot go to the bust side of this equation. I, I, I can't get there, even if things don't turn out like we all not just hope it will, but expect it to. So I think all of us expect BYU to finish higher than where, where they are currently being pegged at 11th like in, in the, the bottom four. Or in some cases, which we talked about, dead last. That's absolutely ridiculous. So, I, I, But I can't, even if things don't go as well as we hope or expect, I just can't put the term bust on anything that happens this year. Anything. Uh, not, no, I, ca I just can't. If BYU goes 2-10, and ten, it was not I, here's, here's, It was look, not that. First of all, I just don't see that scenario playing out at all. I'm just I'm wiping Agreed. it away. Agreed, but you're saying. Let's say, let's, say they, let's say they only win three, okay? Which, again. They go 5-7, 3-6 in the league. Yes, I just, 
with the learning curve, there is going to be a learning curve going into the Big 12. It's going to happen, and that's fine. Now, I think BYU will be better, but I, if let's say it does happen. I, I just can't put that label as the season is a bust when everything about this is trying to feel out a, a completely new surrounding and a new conference and a new way, quite frankly, of playing games than what BYU's done for over a decade. You had all of your tougher games in the beginning of the season, and then things eased out over the rest. It's the exact opposite now. Everything about this year is different from what BYU has done over the last 10-plus years. So I just am not about 100 years. willing to put the term bust if things don't necessarily go according to plan. Now, I fully expect BYU to win at least four conference games. So you're certainly talking at Kansas is winnable. Then you have the, the conference home opener against Cincinnati. There's no way BYU loses that. Exactly. Iowa State is coming here. We don't have any clue what Iowa State's even going to look like. I'm not sure they know at this point. Well, that's, it's They're true. They're shrouded in mystery at, regarding yes. gambling allegations. At West Virginia is absolutely a winnable game for BYU. And then I think BYU takes one of the two games against the schools from Oklahoma. So I, I just I don't see that scenario playing out. But, no, I'm not willing to put the term bust, even if things don't go according to plan. I am, uh, because BYU's too talented. I think BYU is two ten, top 25 transfer portal class. BYU had some real talent in the last three years that is still on, on the staff or on the field. This group is too talented to not make a bowl game. If they do not, it is a bust to me. Um, but I agree with you on the learning curve. There is also a learning curve for Big 12 teams that play against BYU. They have not faced the physicality and the discipline of BYU teams, the unique creative, dynamic nature that is BYU's offense the last couple of years. And if Keaton Slovis can recapture the NCAA setting freshman record of 71.9% as a freshman, breaking Andrew Luck's record, like I'm not expecting that, but if that guy can be the guy that he's been in the past, can Aiden Robbins be the thousand-yard rusher he was there? Can guys like Keelan Marion and uh, uh, Darius Lassiter recapture um, some of what they did in the last couple of years and, and show us? Can this defense be, you know, uh, better than last year? Yes is the answer. Significantly better, we hope. Yeah, then you've, you've got to win at least four conference games because that if you don't win four, you are not going to a bowl game because BYU should win the first two, of course, at Arkansas. If you can upset the Razorbacks on the road, that's, that's a the really swing game good of the win. season, really it is, it's, at Arkansas. It's a big swing game, and it's one of the more um, predictable losses, should we say, if BYU pulls that off, that's a great upset. That's awesome. On the road against an SEC, we'll take it. We celebrated the Ole Miss win in 2011 like it was a huge win. Because it was, yes. Ole Miss was 2-10. Like, we didn't really care about that. Just go and win the game, right? Arkansas significantly better than Ole Miss was that year. But can BYU go 4-5 and five in the first year in the league? That is a taller task than we probably think. But BYU, to me, is schematically too good and too talented, especially on offense. Can the defense show up? Can BYU's offense do uh, what it's been doing the last couple of years with some new personnel? I think the answer is yes. And, and I like the games that you outlined there. There are a few games that are going to come down to the wire that BYU's got to yeah. pull off. Um, and every single Big 12 win is meaningful, by the way. There's not a single game where we go automatic. I'm saying Cincinnati is going to be a win 
not just because of, hey, fellow Big 12 newcomer easing into this, not the same Cincinnati that went to the playoffs last couple of years, of course. Respect for that tremendous defense, especially. That defensive line is unbelievable, one of the best, if not the best BYU will face. It's that BYU's Lavelle Edwards Stadium is going to be rocking out of control that night for the first Big 12 home game on a Friday night. I just don't see uh, that scenario being one in which BYU loses. I just think BYU will be ready and very healthy going into that game, hopefully, in game five. And then, yes, you get that win. You're 3-1. and one. Uh, Sorry, at that point in game five, hopefully you're 4-1. and one. You're 3-2, and two, no worse. And you're feeling good going into a really tough uh, end of September and a really tough October. Well, and you brought up something that I think is going to help this team. I, I am extremely high on what I think this offense can do this year. I, I love the weapons that BYU has on offense. I, I, think, I think it is a, an extremely well-balanced offense. I expect a big year from Keaton Slovis. But what you touched on, I, I, I think there's, there's, there's no way that the defense isn't better this year. And I think that goes a long way in helping the situation overall. So I, I think the, these, the moves that were made in the offseason – to, from, from the coaching staff and schematically, and we'll get into that in a little bit more in, in a second. But I, I think that the upgrades on defense will certainly help what I think is going to be a very prolific offense. I was hoping that the defense would upgrade in some of its talents more than it did, frankly. Like, I still think there's a couple defensive linemen that are needed in the future. Um, you always got talent across the board, but I'm talking about, like, Adding depth, adding competition right. to those groups. Linebackers, I really like the starters. There's some really good young talent behind them. Um, secondary right now, cornerback feeling good. Safety is obviously a concern with Michael Harper there. Do you have the depth to sustain another injury very quickly? Like it feels a little thin in terms of experience there. But uh, Jay Hill is going to do his best to have these guys ready. So let's go. All right, so we talked about Keaton Slovis, and I think it probably goes without saying that the, the most important player – for BYU this upcoming season is Keaton Slovis. So besides the quarterback Slovis, who's the most valuable BYU football player or coach entering this season? Who's most valuable for the Cougars outside of Slovis? Yeah, it's easy to say the quarterback, so we eliminate him, yes. right? Um, it feels like Jay Hill. It feels like Jay Hill in this defense, if they, with a tougher schedule, because if they put up similar numbers against this schedule, uh, that they did last year, well, it's against tougher competition. So you sort of grade it a little differently is, can BYU improve on those numbers and against a tougher schedule? We think the answer is yes. We think that scheme alone will help the BYU defense, not to mention bringing in a few newcomers who will really help in Isaiah Banya, Jackson Cravens, A.J. Vongpacha, Eddie Heckard, notably on that defense. So I would say Jay Hill's the guy. Um, Aiden Robbins sort of sticks out as well. Like Aaron Roderick sustaining what he's been doing is up there. You could say Kalani, I suppose. But um, Jay Hill sticks out as the number one reason. I agree with you 100%. It's Jay Hill. And the, the biggest changes needed to come on the defensive side. And everything that we have seen so far and that we have heard have all talked about not just the schematic changes, and that stuff will be obvious because you'll be able to see that play out on the field. Yes. But it's, it's, the, it's the overall attitude, it's the overall intensity that the players are all talking about, that Coach Hill is, is talking about that he sees out on the field. 
that alone, I think, is going to be a game changer for BYU on that side of the ball. Then you talk about what you brought up in terms of the, the guys that are coming into the program, whether it's guys coming off of missions. You mentioned some of the transfer portal guys that are coming in that will play big roles. Hopefully, having your starters stay healthy, and you talked about the linebackers, and that was a, that was a position that got hit hard last year with injuries is the linebacker position. So being able to keep guys like Max Tooley and Ben Bywater and others healthy throughout the whole season is going to be huge. But I, I, I think it really does come down to Jay Hill and how quickly he can turn around the defense. And I think you brought up Aiden, Aiden Robbins. If I'm going a player, it's probably where I go as well. I think so too. I, I think from a player standpoint outside of Keaton, what, what Robbins can do with his physicality and his ability to run the ball, especially with the offensive line that we, we think BYU rebounded extremely well with after losing some pretty important guys. Totally. The offensive line is going to be a beast. The, so I, I, think, I think it's Jay Hill. And if I had to go for a player, probably Robbins. The surprise of the offseason to me was how, how well BYU upgraded that offensive line. I'm not shocked that BYU has a very good quarterback and a good running back. BYU has always had these. Like, rarely do we walk into a season and go, I don't know about that position. We feel confident in that position almost every year. Linebackers and tight ends, this is a place that can recruit that position very, very well. Brady Papinga called them the mountain men types. BYU can recruit that type of guy. To me, in the future, after this year, it's address D-line, obviously address safety, given uh, you know a notable injury there and so on. But, hey, man. We're only how many days away from watching these guys? Countdown to the Bearcats. Nine days away. Only nine, single, single digits. Single digits. Let's go. Our question of the day is this. Besides Keaton Slovis, who's the most valuable for BYU football entering the season? On Instagram, Talon Mansfield. Aiden Robbins. BYU struggled in the run game last year. Um, if he can have a big year and keep defenses honest, then with someone like Slovis, a quarterback, and our deep receiving core of Epps, Hills, Hill, Roberts, Laster, etc., and tight ends like Rex, Erickson, and Bowers will have a really good offense. I think we've got a lot riding on whether our RBs can be consistent or not for our offense. I feel good about the running back position as a whole as well with Deion Smith, LJ Martin, and company. Remember, BYU has a dude that ran for over 100 in the game at least at fourth or fifth string right now in Miles Davis. Yeah. So you have some capability there uh, at that position, which is awesome. Chris uh, Whitezell on X. I have full confidence in the offense this year. The question is the defense. And the most valuable there is Coach Jay Hill. Excited to see the changes he's implemented. So seeing that as well. Muir Thomas on Facebook uh, with a different take. Tyler Batty. If BYU gets to the quarterback regularly and can bring pressure other than blitzing, we will dominate on D and the momentum will carry over to the offense and special teams. Right now we're expecting the offense to be very good. We're expecting Ryan Rico to punt very well. The, the jury's out on Will Farron because he's got a kick in college games. We're excited about the potential there, but I haven't seen it right. It's a show-me state yes. for some people. The defense is in a show-me state, and I think they're excited to show Cougar Nation that, hey, last year was an anomaly. That's not it. This scheme will cater to our strengths. They brought in some reinforcements, and then they'll go from there. But uh, to me, the offense does have to carry this team show. They're not I, I think there may be games where, it's, especially early, not the first two, but maybe the first three or four after that in the P5 run of 10, where the offense has got to carry the defense a little bit. We, we may see BYU need to get into the high 30s, low 40s to win a, a couple of games. But if the defense can create a timely turnover or two here and there, 
That makes the difference in a game at Kansas, perhaps. Yeah, you're right. Where it might be a shootout. Just welcome to the Big 12. This is this is what happens quite a bit. But the defense can win some games for BYU as well. Well, and we, we've mentioned the offensive line quite a few times. And Drew Hunt on Instagram says Kingsley. Kingsley Suamataia says uh, we'll give everyone on offense time. That's a big uh, that's a big point. And who is the left guard? Uh, if Connor Pay is the starting center, I believe Paul Miley moves to the left guard. Now you're confident in running over right. that left side on a third and two with Aiden Robbins, who's 6'3", 235, which is, by the way, like linebacker size uh, in, in, in college football. That's big time. Um, and you feel good going on the other side as well, depending you on who you put at right guard. Waylon Lapuahu, Caleb Etienne, and so on. You have a legitimate chance of just in your starting offensive line, you may have at minimum three future NFL players. Kingsley for sure. Kingsley. Connor, Connor Pay, I think is Caleb in, potentially Waylon. Like, I think at, at least three. You can make a case yes. you have a minimum of three that will, could one day be playing in the NFL. And that's what you hope. Yes. And if when Kingsley Suamatia gets drafted, it'll be the third straight starting left tackle from BYU. If Keaton Slovis gets drafted, it'll be the third straight quarterback starter from BYU. If uh, if if Aiden Robbins has a tremendous year and he goes after one mm-hmm. year, he has two years left. But if he goes after one year or two years, that would be another running back in the mix with Jamal Williams and Tyler Algier. Now BYU is producing at the skill positions. Quarterback's never been a question here per se, but it's other positions. And then what if Eddie Eddie Heckard gets a chance? Yeah. What if a couple of these linebackers are in the mix? Look, as much Dude, as he's back in the yes. NFL draft game and, too. And that is that you got to have talent yes. to win the Big Twelve. Yes. You got to have NFL guys. And and how many you put in the NFL is a measure yes. of your program's success. And it's so much fun. It's huge in recruiting. Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. It's because huge. even if guys don't have a shot of going to the NFL. Their dream is to be in the NFL, and they want to at least go to a program that has a track record of sending guys to the National Football League. And Kalani has talked so much about that, that if that is their dream, I want to do everything in my power to help them make that happen. And we're starting to see that. We've seen that over the last couple of years. That, what, was it just three years ago where BYU had five players drafted yes. overall? And now it's becoming more commonplace, yeah. like it used to be, guys going into the NFL from Provo. There's a correlation. And just because, uh, you know, you have a couple NFL guys doesn't mean you had a good year per se. But if you can stack a couple of consecutive years of having a few guys, now we're talking. Yep. Like Fred Warner was a high draft pick uh, coming off of 2017. Mm-hmm. You'll have individuals on teams that weren't that good. And like a decade ago, we were ignoring sort of the NFL <laughs> numbers here because they weren't good. It was like one every other year. No, BYU's back in the talent game. They're back in being better suited to produce individuals who help your team win. And we're going to see it uh, again in 2023, which is awesome. Continue to weigh in on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Join Grant Rubel and all three coordinators, Aaron Roderick, Jay Hill, and Kelly Papinga next Monday on the season debut of Coordinators Corner. They'll review fall camp and then look ahead to week one against Sam Houston. Watch it Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern or on demand on the BYU TV app and BYUtv.com. Those BYU Sports Nation jackets look good on those guys. Uh, Fresh photo shoot (laughs) photo right there. Uh, Coming up, Trevin Nell and BYU got back on the hardwood, this time on a legendary court in stadium in Croatia. The Shot Doc tells us about it next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Beastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. 
Dillon drops it off Nell for three. Team Nell for three. He's got another. A chance at a three-point play. Nell will try another one. This one goes. Trevin Nell is back after redshirting last year with a torn rotator cuff. Had surgery last August, didn't make it into the season, but he's making threes at a nice clip as the Cougars continue their European tour of Italy and Croatia. Yesterday, after the game in Croatia, I spoke with Nell in Kresimir Ćosić Hall. Trevin, I never thought that I'd ever talk to you or anyone with young men's hoops in Kresimir Ćosić Hall. You just finished up a game against Zadar. How was it um, being in that in that place by his statue in the city where he played? He's such a legend in BYU history. This is a historic day. <laughs> it is actually pretty cool. Like, I feel like we're just kind of carrying on his legacy and, you know, playing against his home team and, and his city is, is a pretty unique situation, a unique atmosphere. We had a ton of fans there. Uh, before the game, I feel like we're in a college, you know, atmosphere because they're screaming at us, trying to make us miss, you know, free throws or just free game shots. And I was like, all right, it's on. Let's go. So it was definitely a fun atmosphere to play in. Uh, how did the game go today? It was good. Uh, we definitely were able to see how physical a pro team is. Um, we kept up with them extremely well, and we were able to figure out what we really need to work on going into, you know, the next couple of weeks of, you know, our training camp, but it was, you know, a really unique situation to play against these guys that are 30 years old and they are strong as oxes. Like, they're yeah. it's a whole different game of basketball that we play. So, it was definitely a fun little atmosphere. The whole perceived uh, maturity and mission advantage just goes away when the other people are 30 uh, or pros. Oh, it's yeah. gone. It's gone for <laughs> sure. How are, you, how are you feeling uh, coming off an injury that kept you out of last year? Uh, it's been awesome. I've been, I was kind of nervous, you know, to see how it would mesh with this, this year's team. And uh, my first game back, I felt like I was, you know, meshing really well. My teammates, like, ran to them. They were able to find me some open shots. And I just feel like we're playing at a whole different level than we were last year. And I just feel like we're a lot more mature. We play off each other a lot more. And, you know, this whole system that Coach Pope is doing is really working. So it's been, it's been really fun. Is the offense similar to what it was last year? It is. We have a different, uh, you know, different play calls with different guys on the floor. And just if we see a mismatch, we can exploit it a little bit more. And we're just really good. Like, credit to Tiki, our point guards, Jax, Trey, and Dallin, and Foose, and Noah. Like, they got those guys are playing really well. They We're doing a lot of just reads off the point guard. And so it's just a lot more free playing, but it's still constructive. And it's playing really well. And a lot of these pro teams are having a hard time guarding it. So, we're excited to see what we can do in, you know, preseason play and conference play. Are you guys shooting more threes than you normally do? Some of those numbers have been impressive. <laughs> I don't know if you saw our box score last game, but we shot 46 threes. <laughs> so we're making, we're making a bunch of them, but uh, we're definitely shooting a lot of threes. And exactly how I want to play, exactly I think how Coach Pope wants to play. And, you know, when we have guys like Jax who comes out to start a game shooting, you know, five for five from three or whatever he did last game and a windmill dunk, it's – you know, it's going to be fun for sure. It's going to be interesting to see kind of who who gets in in the, the backcourt there because there's a lot of depth and experience with this group and not a lot of spots. So what's the competition like at uh, kind of the, the shooting guard and small forward spots? It's super competitive. Like every game is going to be a battle. And it's this is a fun situation because po Coach Pope is trying out different rotations, different starting lineups, different, you know, places to play guys. And I think, 
you know, you just got to trust the process, trust what Coach Pope is doing, and trust our guys. And I think that's the biggest difference from this year to last year is we're not worried about our own agenda this year. Like, if a guy makes a shot, we're cheering, we're getting hyped, we're kind of bringing the energy up. And we're all about, you know, the process instead of the, the outcome of stuff. So if we're all, you know, on that same wavelength of positive energy, it, it really translates to the game and on the court. How was Italy? Now that you're in Croatia, let's recap that and then talk more about Croatia. Italy was super fun. I mean, Milan was awesome. I've never been to Milan. It was fun to like go out and sightsee. We had a, uh, at night we had a curfew around like eleven thirty, and so we would get back at like ten, eat a quick, quick dinner, and then go ride scooters or bikes, um, like those electric scooters or bikes around town, and just find gelato, just be with the guys, and it's just just a huge team bonding experience that we have uh, the opportunity to have. So, and then to be able to go to Venice is like a dream come true because you see all these like movies. You know, Mission Impossible, James Bond, like, it was pretty cool. And then we had the chance to go to Lake Como, which is breathtaking as well. And so we, we if you ever see Dallin, give him crap because we didn't go see the Star Wars little castle where they got married. So give him crap because he was, he was pretty sad. He started playing the Star Wars, you know, theme song as we were driving back to our the boat dock. His face <laughs> was super sad. I was like, Dow, you're good, bro. We're in Lake Como for a reason. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. George Clooney has a house over there, apparently, or something. Yeah. There's we saw George Clooney's. It's it's unbelievable. You so, saw the house? We saw the house. It's, it's every house is open, so you can see every house, and then his is like gated with a thousand trees, and then his house, and then another house, and then another house. <laughs> wow. Wow. And you've really so, embraced the European culture by having dinner at like 10 p.m. It sounds like. I mean, we really embrace it with pizza and like uh, we were all talking because we have DEXA scans of like our body fat composition that we did before. We're like, we wonder what it is now just with all the 10 o'clock pizza that we're eating and all the gelato. But we're sweating. We're sweating it out, I think, because it's like taking a bath during a game with how humid it is here. Seriously, it's not Utah, that's for sure. OK, then you get to Croatia, which by all accounts, Croatia is like this hidden gem, right? It's not as hidden anymore. People know about it. But like apparently it's just unbelievably beautiful. And then you guys have been coached up prior to this about the history and who Krešimir Čosić is and what he meant to basketball, not only Europe, uh, but obviously BYU and his conversion to the church mm-hmm. and translating the Book of Mormon. He's an Book ambassador, Mormon. diplomat, like unbelievable guy. Like I, I dare say uh, the most influential guy in BYU basketball history. And then you have Danny and you have Jimmer and these are kind of the Mount Rushmore of guys. And here you are in his hometown. So what is that like to embrace that history? It is unbelievable. We were able to walk in, you know, you see, let me see if I can show you. I'll go out a little bit. Yeah, it's going on a tour. But if you see way up there, you see his face kind of like right there. Mm. And then you just see the whole thing is Kresmir Kosic is like his name's all over the floor. And it's it's a huge arena in his name. And then you got the statue outside that we took a picture in front of. And so it's it's a unique situation that we were able to play. And, you know, you really get to learn. Because I feel like I never really got to, like, understand who Kresimir Kosic was. And to be able to come here and, you know, meet his family and meet all the important people uh, he has in his life, it's pretty pretty incredible. And just to know that he was a person who translated the Book of Mormon. He was a person that, you know, brought pretty much basketball to this city. And he really changed. He's like the – everybody talks about it. He's the, you know, the Nikola Jokic of his time. He was the Luka mm-hmm. Doncic of his time. Like, yep. he really created – his own style and he was a 6'11 point forward and so it's it's pretty unique to be able to come here and play against you know I would say his team and and everything like that so it was definitely cool to be able to live his legacy a little bit what's in store for the uh the rest of the 
tour so far? Uh, we, we just went back to back. Now we're going to back games. So we have another game tomorrow. We're playing a split. So we took about a six and a half, seven hour drive to Zadar. And now we have about an hour and a half drive to split where we'll play our last game against da -da -da -da, Cam Shelton. So we'll be able to play against Cam Shelton. Oh, very nice. LMU. Former LMU guard. So, <laughs> he doesn't like us that much. So it's going to be fun to kind of, you know, <laughs> ruffle his feathers a little bit. Um, and then after that, we'll be able to, you know, have the last couple of days to just enjoy uh, Dubrovnik and, you know, real more team bonding stuff and, you know, step away from basketball, but really focus on how we can grow our team chemistry together. Ali Khalifa and Dawson Baker are kind of still, you know, coming off a few minor tweaks. How have they um, contributed to this team and what are you seeing from them on the court when they've been able to play and kind of who they are as people? Yeah, uh, Ali's a funny dude. We'll start with him because he is – I asked him, I, I said, Ali, are you – were you this – like, were you quiet when you were freshman year of college or are you like, like, like what's going on? And he's like, no, I, was, I didn't say a word. I was like – why are you saying so much right now? Because <laughs> he, he, he's like the class clown right now of our team. Like, he has really opened up his shell. I feel like he's really um, just – he meshes really well with us. And, you know, you're a people's pleaser when you have the whole stadium chanting 50 for Coach Pope to put him in the game. And they're yelling at Coach Pope. They're chanting 50, 50. And they just want Ali to go in the game. So he's like he – I would say he's the people's champion of Zadar right now. <laughs> um, that happened uh, in the game today yes it happened the whole that's time that's amazing like we're at halftime tied 41 41 and then we still get chance saying 50 50 <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty funny and then Dawson Dawson works super hard like I'm super excited to actually get to play with him and him and Ali like Ali was telling me he's like Trev, I hope you know, like, when I get in the game, I'm only looking, looking to pass. I was like, I'm looking to shoot. So we're <laughs> it's a good so match. We'll, really, we'll, we'll mesh really well together. Um, but we, uh, like, those two guys work extremely hard. Like, every person down the line, Tanner Hayhurst, Jerry McGregor, Townsend, TC, like, all those guys that aren't getting a great opportunity right now, like, are playing super hard. And it's just, you know, great to be around them, great to, you know, experience uh, this trip with them and be able to – just grow together and they they're like people might count them out but they they play today a little bit and they work super hard um Dawson Ali obviously didn't but they they're out after every game running sprints trying to get their themselves in shape and stuff and trying to get healthy so they I'm excited for them to actually start practicing and see how they can do okay let's finish with this who's like the best hang whether it's a, a member of the team or just someone on staff or someone that's traveled with the group who's like the funnest person to hang out with right now on this BYU men's basketball trip? <laughs> the person we give the most crap to that is just the funnest to be around is Tanner Harris. So we call him Eagle. And Eagle, Idaho. Everybody knows. If anybody, because he's from Eagle, Idaho. So we call him Eagle. And we've been in, I started this like, you know, Game Pigeon on your phone? I don't. Okay, well, you got to download Game Pigeon on your phone. It's like this, okay. where you like play people back and forth. You can play like pool, darts. Shuffleboard, archery, like all sorts of stuff. And so me and Spencer played him. We beat him like seven straight games in a row. So we took videos of it. We were posting it online saying, like, Tanner Ayers can't, doesn't know how to play. And then he won a couple today. And he's like, Well, where's the video now? And so he's kind of like, he's kind of the bully. He's getting bullied on the team a little bit, but he's a good dude. And he's someone that we'll, everybody wants to hang out with. So he's, he's awesome for sure. 
Well, it's fun to have Cougs in Europe. We got the women's basketball team in Italy. Um, we got you guys, obviously, Italy, Croatia. We got Jimmer Fredette and Kenneth Rooks in Budapest, Hungary. So it's like everybody's in Europe right, right now. Everybody needs to take a take a trip to Europe this year. I know. I feel bad I'm not uh, I'm there. I'm at home. You but, should. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the time, Trevin. So what a historic day in BYU history to play in Kreshmer Chosich Hall. That is so cool, man. Thanks for the time. Uh, thank you so much. It's been really an honor to be able to be here. So it's been awesome. And that really is a historic situation. This this is uh, from yesterday. Uh, Brian Santiago uh, giving uh, you know items and jerseys from BYU to Chosich's family. If you don't know who Chris Chosich was, he is the first great basketball player in BYU history and perhaps the most influential athlete to ever come out of BYU when you talk all things considered. He converts to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints while he's here. He translates the Book of Mormon into his native language. He is an ambassador uh, to uh, Croatia uh, from the United States. He ends up dying of cancer. He's the only BYU basketball player in the Basketball Hall of Fame. This is the statue in Zadar. The basketball arena is named after him. This was incredible that BYU was able to be there yesterday. Yeah, what an unbelievable opportunity so cool. for BYU to go there and play there knowing the significance of what he meant to the BYU basketball program. And if he had chosen to play in the NBA, could have very easily been talking about him as one of the first great European guys yes. in the National Basketball Association. Billy Packer called him the first great European in college basketball. Yes. And uh, Chosich filled 50 years ago the new Marriott Center. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, it's just really special what happened yesterday in Croatia. Our thanks to Trevin Nell for joining us. And how awesome is technology? We can just hang with Trevin. In Croatia. In Croatia. Yeah. Back-to-back -back days with Europe interviews. I, I don't know what we have tomorrow. I know she didn't play that piano in the background, though. No, that's for my wife. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon for After Further Review. Blaine can play it. As they take a look at impact players, including Keaton Slovis, Aiden Robbins, and more. Be sure to watch next Tuesday, 7 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Coming up, Brett Yormark's comments about the Texas Longhorns that have a lot of people, especially Texas Longhorns, talking. You got to hear it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. We got a lot to talk about. Let's go. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Jerem. He is Jason. Let's get to today's headlines. BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis has been named to the watch list for the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. The list includes 48 of the top quarterbacks in the nation heading into the 2023 season. Also, Slovis was listed 42nd overall in the athletics list of the transfer portal's most hyped newcomers. By the way, Aiden Robbins was number 73. Also uh, in athletic, the athletic news. In general athletic yes, news. More on the in a minute. Uh, Kingsley Sumataia is 32nd on uh, Dane Brugler's initial 2024 NFL draft big board. Another first round projection. Yes. How about that? Tyler Algier and the Falcons play Chris Wilcox and the Steelers. And Blake Freeland and the Colts play the Eagles in NFL preseason tonight. 
Number 11, women's soccer hosting Long Beach State tonight at Southfield as the Cougars wrap up their three-match homestand. You can tune in tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Men's basketball lost to KK Zadar in Croatia yesterday, 80-57. to Tied at halftime, tough second half. Cougars are playing the Croatian U-20 team today in split Croatia at 1.30 Eastern. Congrats to Courtney Wayman, who was the only American to qualify for the Women's Steeplechase Finals hey. at the World Athletic Championships. The finals will be on Sunday, and Zach McCorder advanced to the finals in the pole vault. Congratulations to both. Those are the headlines. Let's whip it. Good Whip Around is presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark, we're big fans of the commish, spoke at a Texas Tech event and had this to say about Texas Tech's matchup against Texas this year. And coach, I'm not gonna put any pressure on you, but I'm gonna be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. Well then. Yeah, Texas Tech beat Texas last year in Lubbock. Uh, what do you make of your mark seemingly, and I'm not even sure we need to put seemingly it's in there, seemingly. cheering it's for Texas? Well, right Excuse against Texas. Right me. before that, he had said, hey, and it was important for us to get Texas and Oklahoma out of the league quicker. Yeah. <laughs> what? Openly rooting for Texas Tech in that game, talking about that. He doesn't owe Texas anything. Yeah. They're leaving. You know who does owe Texas and Oklahoma? Us. Because if they don't leave, BYU's not in the Big 12. I'm not sure BYU would have been in the Big 12 with the Pac-12 dissolving. Utah would have been in their second P5 league before BYU. We owe Texas. So while I understand the anti-Texas rhetoric, I'm actually grateful for Texas leaving because BYU yeah. got into the Big 12. But it is pretty bold and yeah. frankly weird that these comments have. I love the honesty. <laughs> Everyone was thinking and he just said it. All right, speaking of uh, other comments. Yes, Kansas State head coach Jerome Tang made these comments regarding Mark Pope and transfer Quez Glover. I believe Coach Pope was sending more of a message to his alumni about the, the NIL thing than he was speaking on behalf of who Quez Glover is. But to correct this thing is his, his family and him decided to leave because of a lack of trust, not a, not a lack of NIL, right? These guys, um, these young men are promised things going in and when they get there, when it's not delivered or they don't see the ability, if, it's, if there's, a, there's a lack of trust in one area, it spreads to all areas. Okay, and so it, it wasn't an NIL movement, it was a trust movement, and uh, he just didn't feel like they could do what they said they were going to do, and uh, I think Coach Pope uh, would be willing to agree to that. You don't often see other coaches commenting on other coaches' comments, especially yes. within the league. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm not going to get into the specific comments that he had, but I will say sort of an unwritten rule that you don't, like you just said, you don't normally hear this and one coach doesn't really talk about it, the other coach's program and that kind of stuff. I was a bit surprised uh, that he made the comments. Let's let's tackle the thing that we can control here, which is what is the trust broken or uh, no trust that he's referring to? Was it that NIL money was not going to be delivered? Was it that Quez was made a backup and starters get a certain amount or something and he was expected. I don't know exactly what he's referring to there, but it is concerning because you don't want a player of that caliber coming in and then leaving after. So whatever BYU needs to do to address that in the future, great. 
but it's going to be interesting. BYU plays Kansas State. They're going to see Quez. They're going to see Jerome Tang in this new league and whatnot. So it should be interesting to say the least. To say the very least. Jay Drew of the Deseret News attended BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo's presentation yesterday and posted this picture of a slide that Holmo used with a quote from a uh, brand study by uh, Lippman uh, Hearn saying athletic is the most visible extension of the BYU. Uh, should we be using the BYU? Is it the BYU, like Ohio State? See, that's is that the way a, I'm taking it. Or is it the BYU? Uh, the Y is a thing, mm -hmm. uh, although saying the Y is a little kind of older phrase now. Uh, sure, why not? The BYU. I love it. I love it. The BYU Let's Sports Nation. We always add the word the before everything. It nothing, just makes things cooler. Nothing makes you seem older faster <laughs> than adding the unnecessarily. <laughs> Where did you do on the Facebook? No, lose it. It's just Facebook. The gram. The gram. No yes. one's calling it that. I, I just did. <laughs> All right, BYU football with Kalani Satake returns next Tuesday. The you can BYU join football. the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, and head coach Kalani Satake as they review fall camp and look ahead to week one against Sam Houston. The Bearcats with a K. Free tickets for the live audience can be found at BYUSN.com. You can also watch next Tuesday 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the BYU TV app. Men's Tennis has a new coach leading the charge. Zach Warren and his wife Angela, who ran here, are back. And they join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Live from Studio B, Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard. BYU has a new tennis coach. And his name is Zach Warren. And he brought in his wife, and she was an All-American here, so why not Angela Wagner, Warren? <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Good to have you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for that intro. That was very nice. Yeah, yeah we, we were in school it. at the same time. Yes. Um, we even played some pickup basketball back in the day. Played some pickup basketball. You said you took him to school probably. you wanted to. I was driving on, on him all day long. I was hoping, I I was hoping Jimmer was going to join us at some point, but he, he never joined us the for those yeah. pickup games. Yeah. It was, I'm about so. three and no D. So that, it's, it's all good. It's all good. And you were a sports information director as well. That was my most important job I ever had. That's how I met Angela right here. So that was a, a big moment for me. Yeah, yeah. So what is the, what's the story? Tell us, tell us the story. How you you want to hear my version or you want to hear his version? Yours. They're I'm different. Yours, yours is probably going to be accurate. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll go with mine. Um, we met at the BYU track on the indoor track. I was there um, just hanging out at an indoor track meet, and I saw him. He was carrying a paper, and obviously he was working as the SID. He looked really confused. <laughs> I was watching him for a while, and I thought, man, I should ask this guy if he needs help. So I went up to him, and I said, is there anything I can help you with? Because he just looked like he was a little out of his depth as far as track goes. And uh, we started chatting, and that was 15 years ago. We've been married for about 12 years. Three and kids. Uh, we got three yeah. kids. So, so kind of amazing. We went back to that same spot at the BYU track just the other day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's our, poor, really our poor cool. kids had to endure all our stories. They didn't care very much about it. <laughs> Angela, I also married a sports information director here. Oh, you did? My wife uh, no worked in the office as well, Whitney Craft. Maybe, I don't know if you worked together. But yeah, I know yeah. the name for but sure. But yeah, that's how we met as well, women's soccer. Amazing. Uh, that's so cool. cool. So, yeah, awesome. meet, meet your uh, spouse that way, I guess. Okay, <laughs> men's tennis. Yes. You're back. You've been at Cal. Mm -hmm. You jumped off that ship before they figured out what league they're going to. I got a lot of messages saying, hey, can I join you at BYU? <laughs> right when that was happening. So, Why, yes. why this move uh, back to BYU now? Why was this the right fit for you? I've told this to a couple people. Anytime you get an opportunity to jump back at BYU, you take it. I, I, I think 
BYU is an exceptionally unique spot. Um, I've told other people the attention to detail, I've told recruits this, it's high level. And I've traveled around the country against some of the best teams in the country. BYU does things better than anybody. And so when Angel and I could come back here, we took it. We took that opportunity. So. What is the state of the program heading into the Big 12 right now? I would say I've met with all the guys on the team, great individuals, great representatives of the university, and they're hungry. And they want opportunities to play Texas, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma at home, and that's an opportunity they're going to get. And so we're going to work. We're going to work hard. And come January, we're going to give the community a show to see, and hopefully we'll get you guys out there as well. Heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> From a running standpoint, BYU's taken off quite a bit. It's always been really good. They won the three national titles in cross country, obviously, in kind of the late 90s, early 2000s. But we're checking out Courtney Wayman in the final of the steeplechase, the uh, World Track and Field Championship, national titles. What's it been like as a former runner here totally. to see kind of BYU take off, though? It's absolutely awesome because when you say you run BYU track, everyone knows BYU track. They have built an incredible reputation for themselves all around the country and now all around the world with athletes like Courtney. We're excited to watch her. And so very, very exciting to say that you are on the BYU track team elevated to a whole new level. That's well, awesome. Because you guys have been away from BYU for a while. How much did you pay attention to what was happening here? Angel makes me watch every track race. <laughs> we have recorded. Do you have that same look still? <laughs> we have recorded on our TV every BYU opportunity, every BYU track event, every Diamond League event. So we were watching, what was the boy's name that won the national championship? Connor Mance. Connor Mance, yeah. Yes. So we're watching that in our living room. Oh, and the steeple and guy. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Yes. Is that the one? Yeah. I'm watching it. And our boys are watching it. And he falls. Oh, Kenneth Rooks. Kenneth yes. Rooks. Yes. Kenneth yes. Rooks. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. He falls. And Angel's like, oh, he's done. <laughs> Completely done. And then she walks out and she goes to the bathroom. And I'm like, nine down, eight down, seven down. <laughs> and he's just picking them off left and right. And then she comes back and I'm like, no way, no way. One of the greatest races I've ever seen, I think similar to Angela as well, but totally inspiring. That's the kind of individuals you get at BYU. People to that are, yes. people that are, have limited distractions, that pour themselves into their sport, their academics, their faith. It's, it's a special place. We had him on yesterday from Budapest. No uh, way. Because oh, awesome. that was to win the United yeah, States, right? Yeah. He finished and top he 10, took, right? He yeah. finished yeah. top 10, okay. which was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Which was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, f final thought here. What are you hoping to kind of accomplish in this transition year to the Big 12 as the new guy? Again, like I mentioned, we want to give a great show to this community. I think they deserve it. And these guys are hungry. They want to work for it. Um, again, like I said, great representatives of the university. And... We're all about development. That's what I, I was able to do with the players and the coaches at Cal. You bring in some players that maybe aren't the blue chip players, but you got to develop them and get them to the point where they're able to knock off the best teams, Texas, TCU, in the country. So that will be the mission. Awesome. Well, Zach and Angela, we appreciate you coming in, and uh, good to Thank see you guys you. again. Welcome Thank back. Thank you. Thanks appreciate for having it. us. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, number 11, BYU women's soccer back in action tonight, hosting Long Beach State, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Watch the game on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. And we give our final rise and shout-out of the day to the biggest fiesta in Provo. We'll tell you what that's all about. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard. Uh, earlier we talked about the BYU Radio photo shoot yesterday. All top button, looking good. Uh, ben Bagley, who is, uh, you know, coordinating producer over all the studio shows here, formerly the line producer of BYU Sports Nation, still heavily involved, but Colton Potter doing that job now. Ben Bagley has a little more time on his hands, so he fixed <gasps> the oh photo gosh. and left you out. What are we doing here? <laughs> first of all, first of all, why are we giving Ben any more airtime? Because Especially he's in charge. To do he, something like this. He can override anything in the control room and just put it on the air. So there you go. Nobody finds this funny. I see your shoulder. <laughs> you got nice shoulders, dude. <laughs> Johnny Linhan did say uh, look and swole. Yeah, Johnny. I agree. You've been yeah. working out Thank for you. years now. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's right. yeah. I told Johnny I'm trying to get that puncher physique. <laughs> that puncher physique? Maybe Ryan Rico puncher physique. There you go. Our question of the day. Besides Keaton Slovis, who's most valuable for BYU football entering the season? Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Doug Heath on X. Jay Hill. The new defensive scheme is going to have the biggest impact on the results this year. You could say BYU season lives or dies on this hill. Well done. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Women's soccer having a blue fiesta night tonight. Olivia Wade Katoa, tell us about it. Hola a todos, yo soy Olivia Wade Katoa y quiero invitarles a todos al Salfed mañana por la noche para nuestro partido en casa contra Long Beach State. Por la fiesta azul tendremos anuncios en español, música y más para celebrar nuestra comunidad latina. Vamos Cougs y nos vemos mañana. Hey, that's that's uh, one of the return missioners yeah. on BYU's Houston, campus. It's very bilingual with President Jeremy Guthrie. Man, yes, I, I wish I could speak another language. Por qué? Our thanks to today's guests, Trevin Nell and Zach and Angela. Conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows on demand at BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Michael Boswell. We'll see you tonight for women's soccer. 8 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus.